We are back. Bill Michaels show. Welcome in. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills here with you. Happy Friday as I, Grant, get ready to go off on a, a little vacation of my own. One I am uh, very, very, very excited to go on. Had to, had to well, physically I'm prepare for, for though. There's a lot, oh. of, a lot of stretching involved. Yeah, you're going... You're going skiing, right? Yeah, I've I've a tight back, so I'm actually watching uh, our guy Bill Michaels his Instagram video right now. He's at the Four Seasons Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Yes, uh, and I I can't remember the woman's name who he always obviously talks about. It looks pretty up there. Oh, oh, it's gorgeous. Can I? I mean, I haven't been there specifically, but I've been up in that area. Can, can... I want to go on vacation with Bill. I think that would be a riot. It would. Oh. Incredible. Uh, our friends at the four season though. I I'm excited to hear. People. I'm excited to hear his testimony when, when he comes back from said vacation, I have a, an update on Jimmy Garoppolo grant. Oh, that was uh, shared by one of the aggregators, but was originally said on NFL live that he's going to be quote, one of the more expensive free agents this off season. Well, it's, a, it's a very weird quarterback market. Cause there's Rogers. And then you have Jimmy G and Derek Carr, who are probably closer to each other. But teams, again, that are desperate for quarterbacks. You might have Lamar, too, but that's a big ticket. Teams that are desperate for quarterbacks are going to tend to overpay for those guys. Do we agree Rodgers has the highest ceiling of Garoppolo and Carr? Of of the guys who might be available, Rodgers has the highest ceiling. What would be the argument for Jimmy G over Carr and vice versa? I'm interested to... Think about that and, and compare why you might want one or the other. Money? Something I'm going to think about. Yeah. That's Garoppolo's really probably it. more expensive. He's, he's done it in the playoffs. He's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you could put you could put anybody on that Niners yeah. team and have success. Not to take away from what he's done, but in terms of them to his quarterbacks, they're probably similar. Whoever's cheaper is the best option. Is Jimmy G more of a guy's guy than Carr? <laughs> Everyone seems to like Jimmy G. He dates porn stars. Well, would that, I wonder, would that make me like a friend more if they dated a porn star? <laughs> I don't think how. I have no you know, idea. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the guys in the locker room, Ben. You know, because Carr and Garoppolo are obviously both limited, not as good as Josh Allen or some of these other elite quarterbacks. So it, we need the vibes to be good. Vibes need to be great to compare with these better teams and better quarterbacks. I think I'd rather have Jimmy G. I think I'd rather have Carr. I think Carr's ceiling's higher. Okay. If he's surrounded by the right guys. He seems like a great guy, like a, like a, a guy teammates love. It just didn't work out there in, in Las Vegas. 877-867-1670. We will get to Brewers talk here in a couple minutes. But first, our buddy Chris in Brookfield is here. Chris, what's going on? Hey, guys. I, I think uh, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They might make the playoffs, but I, I kind of doubt it. Uh, Rogers' time is, is is it's past his time. He needs to go. He's been an albatross across his, for this team ever since Murphy signed his to that contract in August of eighteen, when he's coming off of crud seasons. Uh, you you, you got to go with love. I mean, I think with love you'll actually get to see the 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 floor's offense, where instead of Murphy has empowered Rogers by so much that we don't know what Murphy's offense is. I think you'll see an offense where the quarterback 
on his third and first and goal that the quarterback's going to be under center so they can run downhill so that they can actually go into play action. I don't think you'll see under Love him throwing the ball 30 yards down the field when he's got a receiver wide open that the whole NFL, the announcers, and everybody watching sees is wide open that Rodgers is refusing to pass to. I mean, he got the MVP, uh, this third one, with, with D.A., but D.A. missed games that year. And what did Rodgers do? He spread the ball around. As soon as D.A. came back, that totally went away. There, there's no better example of the three fourths throws against Tampa Bay when he misses Lazard on second down and Tanya on third down because he's already decided where he's going to go to the ball. And when, when they went against San Francisco, the same thing. I mean, he had guys open that, that – the announcers are going, why isn't he throwing to these guys? He kept force-feeding D.A. So Rodgers can go. And I don't think if he goes to New York, he goes to L.A., or he go, if he goes to uh, the Raiders, he'll have D.A. But if he goes to New York, he's not going to know those receivers. And I don't think Rodgers has got the smarts that Brady had and Stafford had or Mahomes had with new teams being able to move the ball, hit the receivers, and play the offense that they want because I think he's too pig-headed. I mean, you look, look at Brady, new team. Surely they adjusted the offense for him, but those were still new receivers. Look at Stafford. Stafford should have got Rogers' fourth MVP. He goes to L.A., new scheme, new coaches, new ball players, takes him to the playoffs because their MVP is regular season, but he still won the Super Bowl, but somehow Nimrod got the MVP. And then you've got wow. Mahomes, who's got to go with a complete new offense, what they even talked about, and he's hitting everybody. Everybody, what does Rodgers continuously do? Picks on one receiver and goes for it. And if they don't run, the, the Rodgers makes a bad throw. He blames the receiver for it. The time for this albatross, which should have been gone, was last year. And Mark mm. Murphy needs to go. I don't care what he does for title town. He has screwed this team financially strapping by signing Rodgers last year to that ridiculous contract. It's like, I mean, I don't, wait, I will Murphy. stop you there. I mean, Mark Murphy didn't sign the contract. Like, like if Mark it, Murphy has the only one that has the authority to say that's what we're going to do. If you think, but Gutekind, Brian Gutekinds is I'm the sorry, general no manager. Way. Say what? Brian Gutekinds is the general manager of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And name only. Come on, you going to tell me Brian Gutekinds is uh. the guy who fired McCarthy? Uh, before the season was over, you're going to tell me that six months into the job, Brian Gutekunst made um, Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback for three weeks yes. in 18, coming off of two subpar seasons? Come yes. on, man. Yes, I, I, I do think that's what, what he did, and I appreciate the phone call, Chris. I mean, like, that's his job. He's the general manager. Does, the, does Mark Murphy have say in the big decisions when you're firing coaches? I mean, almost definitely. You look at owners across the NFL – Take away the Jerry Jones who just runs everything. But owners yeah. have say in, in, in the big decisions, you're not going to sign a contract to a big deal without the approval of that guy, especially a franchise guy, or if you're going to make Rodgers the highest paid quarterback. But he's Mark Murphy's not the one, I, at least from how I see it, writing those contracts and, and getting them done. That's Brian Gutekinds and Russ Ball. Um, they must have needed to sign that contract. It's the only way they would have done it. Like that was how they were bringing Rodgers back. I don't see a world in which the Packers like, no, we, we want to give you this deal. We want to give you all this money. I think that was what the situation demanded. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know when it comes to Roger, when it comes to the rest of that and Rodgers and, and love, I mean, I don't, 
I don't want to sit here and say that the offense will definitely be 100% LaFleur's and different because I, I cannot say for sure what is Rodgers and what is LaFleur at the line of scrimmage, for instance. Yeah. I think it's impossible to say. Will LaFleur have more control over the offense? I think almost definitely because he's dealing again with a young quarterback where he is then the elder statesman. And that could be better, but it could be worse. There could be a chance love isn't as good as that. And then naturally you're not going to have as much success. Yeah. So I, the, the projecting of what the offense looks like, I, I have a hard time saying it'll be better because of that. I, I think it'll look a little different. It'll be different. But it's so hard because yeah. I can't sit here and say for sure, unless someone goes into the locker room and finds the exact story and the exact ratio of what LaFleur called and what Rodgers did, then I, I can't sit back here and say it. I can guess. I, want, I can project. Yeah. I want to know Mahomes and Brady and some of these other quarterbacks. They're changing stuff too, right? They're tw- they're making tweaks. They're making little changes. We act like every other quarterback in the NFL reads the teleprompter and is a robot. I don't think that's the case, right? Rodgers might be a little bit more creative with how he moves things around, but it's not like he's the only quarterback in the league that's doing what he does, right? Oh, definitely. Peyton okay. Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, was a wizard at the line of scrimmage, and that's what yeah. he did, and he had success with it. It just happened to be that this past year, and, and listen, I've I've put a lot on Rodgers for why the team struggled offensively. Me it just too. happened to be that the plays were not made, whether it's by him or by others, that whatever he did or whatever he didn't do, they just didn't make enough plays to win. Oh, it was all year. The timing was just poor. Like when, when Rodgers had a guy wide open on third down, he'd throw it at their feet. And then when Rodgers on the next possession would make an amazing throw, the guy would drop it. Right. Like it just never worked. And I think part of that is, is bad luck and just bad execution. I don't know that it's some big picture issue with scheme or with head coach quarterback. It just didn't work. It wasn't executed. I will say within this scheme though, if it's third and well, one big problem, actually, I'll say this, look at, Mm -hmm. look at Tom Brady throughout his career. Look at the Eagles this past year when it's third and one and fourth and one, what do they do? Quarterback sneak. They get behind the center and they quarterback sneak and they get it an alarming percentage of the time. The Packers never do that. And I guarantee there were many third and one and fourth and ones where the ball's in the air and it happened to be that a play wasn't made, whether it was thrown deep, whether the guy was open. Like there were some moments where, where Christian Watson's running open and he's mm-hmm. missed. There are other moments where a guy just drops the ball. Yeah. Yet you're, you're putting such a high leverage down in a more high variance kind of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're leaving more up to chance in those situations, right? It's like, well, the guy dropped it. Yeah, but when you throw it on third and fourth and one, you're inviting that opportunity, right? You're inviting variance into it, a drop, a penalty, a wide receiver slips. Yeah, that's bad luck, but it's bad luck that you'd ideally like to take out of the situation. That's a great point by you, Ben. Which is, I I mean, that is Matt LaFleur's fault and it's Rogers' fault as well. That's the offense as a whole. But they have to, they're, they're going to have to start putting a QB sneak in. And it sounds so basic. But it's Why? things like that that are not done that would make their lives so much easier. They kind of make it hard on themselves at times. And I think that's a combination of the quarterback and head coach. The whole allure of what love can be and what the new era can be isn't the small picture of can he run the offense and, and does Aaron Jones does Aaron Jones catch the swing passes coming out of the backfield? Yeah. It's big picture. Well, can they add QB sneaks? But also... Does the team as a whole win and then have another way to construct it around the quarterback? 
That's what yeah. we're talking about with the big picture. Not as much of, oh, can he make that throw or can he not make that throw? A little bit more mobile. He's a threat to, to move. Like Jalen Hurts' threat to move, right? Just a quarterback that's not a statue. You don't need to be Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson or a quarterback like that, but you can't be a statue, right? You can't be a quarterback that can't move. We saw that with Brady. And Brady's as good as we've ever seen at sitting in the pocket and making his throws. And even this year, it's like you kind of need to be a threat to move. You need to be at least a, a threat to escape the pocket a tiny little bit. And Rodgers is has lost that a little bit. On third and fourth down, Ben, I just want to add, it is really frustrating that this team has Mercedes Lewis. They drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round and Josiah DeGuar in the third round, and they can't convert third and ones and fourth and ones. They've made an investment in players that seemingly would be designed for those situations, and they still suck at it. Yeah. I don't know the answer aside from quarterback sneak and just, just execute better in those spots. Yeah. It's really the red zone problem. Again, I look back to the lack of a dynamic tight end because I, I hate goal line fades. I hate routes like Me that, too. but when they're Devontae Adams fades, then they work. And that's just because you have that dude. It's, it's not even a fade. It's having a guy with a ton of trust and experience with the quarterback who knows how to manipulate the defender and get open. I don't, a jump ball is, is the wrong way to think about it. Jordy was great at this where Rogers, they could just look at a one-on-one and figure out how to make it work. They didn't really have that this last year. I thought maybe Lazard could do it. Not really, not consistently. They did lack that guy in the red zone. Certainly. Which is why I look to tight end in the top two rounds, maybe the top three rounds to get a guy that can be a matchup problem in any way and catch balls because that makes that makes everything else better that automatically opens up the running game things of that nature but but that's how you improve the roster and again that is where I agree with your point from earlier that's where it's the same with Rodgers and the same with love where no matter who's under center you need that guy and they just don't have it right now ever since Devontae left they don't have it so even though Christian Watson's awesome in open space and he could run deep balls and everything He's not yet at the point where he's winning off the line to catch a jump ball or even just winning off the line on the goal line or not often enough. So in that's the red what, zone. You got to win quickly and you got to win without a lot of space to work, right? Watson, when he's given a big swath of the field to make a cut and uses his speed to beat someone great, right? When you're in a phone booth in the red zone, it's a lot harder. You need to be a lot more precise, a lot more detailed. He's still a rookie and he's very unpolished. Yep. 877-867-1670. And that's the jump you hope he makes because the skills are there and he was awesome as a rookie. That's the jump. That's probably the biggest thing I'm hoping from year one to year two, not the hands because the hands are inconsistent at times, but I think will be good. It's can he win in those scenarios? Cause that's what makes, that's what takes you from awesome, amazing, burning deep threat to actual dynamic wide receiver at all levels. And maybe that's what they look to Dobbs for real precise, uh, route runner, small spaces. Maybe that's their idea for, for Romeo Dobbs, and maybe that's why they tried to pair him together. 877-867-1670. Back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got here? Hi, this is David in Appleton. What's up, David? How are you, man? Guys, I want you both to take a big drink of Gatorade and, and calm down and soothe your voices down a bit. I don't have any I've Gatorade. Listening, I've been listening to you for 90 minutes, and okay. uh, you've been going off about Rodgers and the offense and this and that, and this is what we got to do. Not the issue with this Packers team. The issue is no defensive line. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as well as I do, to be a very good to championship quality NFL team, you have to be strong in your front five on offense, your front four on defense. The right. Packers, in the last year and a half, have had nothing on the right side of their offensive line. And besides Kenny Clark, and including even this last year, he was below average. They have nothing. Dean Lowry is horrible. The Kiki, eh, he, he's had a few moments. But they have nothing in the middle of their offense and defense. And that's what it's going to take for these guys to get back. Now, to, to expound on your Rodgers love thing, yes, I agree. There's It's a no-win with Rodgers. If he, he gets signed for another year and they go 9-8, and eight, who, who cares? We just went through that, and everybody's just disappointed. I'd much rather see love go 8-9 and nine and go, hey, all right, at least we've got something to build on. Yeah. So, so, guys, that's all I wanted to say. I appreciate your show. You guys are amazing. And uh, you have a great day. Okay? I got you. appreciate the phone call, man. 877-867-1670. I think he's, I mean, he's spot on, Grant. Yeah. We, we, we talked about the defense earlier in the show. There is, if, if there's one place on this team, aside from tight end, that I'm looking at, it's the defensive line. And not even just for, like, if, if Devontae Wyatt turns into that guy, not even for a dynamic starter. I just need depth there. The depth there isn't as good and there will be injuries. And we've seen over the years, like over the course of years at times with this defense, it wears down. It wears down when injuries happen and then they struggle. Yeah. And I I think David made a great point. You know, we can talk about, you know, the wide receivers, flashy, sexy offense, quarterback sneaks, red zone without the trenches. It, it may not matter. I think that was a great point made by that caller. And it does come back to the trenches, Ben Kenny, both on the offensive and defensive lines. Which is Lucas Van Ness. Write the name down. Uh, Lucas Van Ness at 15. The Iowa, I don't know what he is. He he might be a D-end. He might be a D-tackle. But he's a force. Does he have many? he's going to test well. Does he have many moves? No. He was a backup last year, Grant. It was crazy. Because Iowa was so loaded on the defensive line that he just came in in specialty scenarios to rush. But he is he's a force. Everyone talks about Skaronsky from Northwestern. Van Ness made him look stupid constantly. Yeah. Oh. I'm out on Skaronsky. He's off my board. Cheers. Cheers. I'm not I'm not out on the idea of a tackle though. I, again, if if Love is the quarterback, then I'm okay taking a tackle early. If you're going to try to rebuild the line like that. But if Rodgers is the quarterback, then no. Give me a dude that's going to come in from day one and, and, and be great. I'm I in like on Van Ness. That. I think the upside is, is definitely there. And yes, if they take Van Ness. I would like for him to play. And I don't want to hear Joe Barry in week nine saying, well, he's learning to be a professional. If you draft someone from Iowa, they, they better come with a 401k and investment <laughs> for point. That's what I expect <laughs> from my big 10 West athletes. I, they, there's no learning to be a professional when you come from Iowa, you're a professional at age 18 at that university. That's the way the parents do it. Actually, I think this kid's super young. He's, he might be a junior. He's not old. Like Devontae Wyatt was old. I don't think Van Ness is that old, but I can look that up. 877-867-1670. I mean, that goes into kind of what I said earlier. I was wondering last night, thinking about what we're going to talk about. We say, what could be different if Rogers comes back? What could be different if it's love? If if Rodgers retires or Rodgers gets traded in that scenario, could could Matt LaFleur fire Joe Barry then? Say say screw the continuity. I'm gonna go try to hire Jim Leonard, who who I wasn't think, hired by the Eagles. I think there were moments last year where Matt LaFleur would have 
maybe liked to fire Joe Barry. The problem is in those moments, the offense was even worse <laughs> during the, the losing streak. The defense gave up backbreaking drives to Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke. Oh my God. The problem was the offense was even worse. It's really hard to fire your defensive coordinator when your offense is underperforming your defense. Yep. Fringe playoff team. They like or excuse me, fringe playoff roster where we stand today. I think like I, I think yeah. that this whole conversation kind of points to that, which uh, again, if you are that fringe playoff roster, what can take you over the top aside from hitting on draft picks like the Seahawks did this past year with just dogs everywhere? It's it's a quarterback that that elevates the it's a, it's an MVP quarterback because if you have one, then then a lot of the other stuff will seem rather insignificant. Yeah, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We're gonna step away. A lot more to come. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. We're in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels Show, we're back. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills with you today. Grant, yeah, I have some breaking news. If it broke via the Pat McAfee show, you're going to need to enlighten me because I won't see it. <laughs> uh, yes. Got? Grant Grant got blocked from Pat McAfee for falsely aggregating his tweets with comments about the Brewers, which is a shame when you, when you say it out loud. I'm not going to stop. Uh, if that was the cost, I'll, I'll gladly pay the cost. Now, there's nothing, nothing on Pat McAfee. And uh, by the way, coming up in about half an hour, the Russell Wilson scenario, there's a headline. Big article in The Athletic today, and then Pro Football Talk talked about Aaron Rodgers when it comes to that. We'll discuss that at one. But our guy Adam McAlvey Grant on Twitter, the Brewers hosted a hard hat tour of Jay Leinenkugel's barrel yard at the ballpark today. The space will be open for the April 3rd home opener. Here is a sneak peek. And there are some, some images of the new barrel yard out in left field at American Family Field. Some uh, so some breaking news. I I I had eaten at the TGI Fridays. <laughs> I'd never eaten at the restaurant to be named later. Wait, there's a it's TGI cool. Fridays at American Family Field. It, it used to be so that this restaurant used to be a TGI Fridays, and no it was open way. year round. You could go there in the middle of winter and eat at Old Miller Park. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And they had the seats along the field. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But it looks like they're classing it up a little bit. Oh. So I saw these pictures earlier. And I scrolled right by him because it looked like like stadium clubs or suites. It didn't look like a restaurant. So kudos to the Brewers. It actually looks really nice. Oh, it it, it looks it, it looks like a place you want to have a beer. Oh yeah, you know it's got the wood the wood benches the wood aesthetic. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So good on the Brewers. A, a, a win, if you will, for the team. I wanted to talk about them for a couple minutes here, and we could get yeah. back to Aaron Rodgers eight seven seven. 867-1670 if you want to chime in on that. I have more pictures from spring training. Very specific and significant ones, actually, from Brewers Player Development on Twitter. It is a picture of a car with completely smashed windshields thanks to one Sal Freelich, who apparently is hitting absolute dingers right now in spring training. When So... When I say Keep Brewers going. spring training, real quick, what? Yeah. where does the excitement come from? I feel like you're leading me somewhere. 
no, being a bad co-host. No, there's there's no specific place. Just in general, I I mean, this is the ideal time of year where it's yeah. best shape of his life, hitting the ball, uh, swing change, best swing change you've ever seen. Uh, pitchers are adding pitches. Oh, this guy oh. added a cutter. Oh, so you want to go cliches? Oh, the ball's oh. jumping off his hand. Well, it's the sound of the ball hitting the bat, Ben Kenny. That's what comes to mind. I didn't. I didn't realize that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think of the the sound of the ball hitting the bat, the uh, the sound of the vendors yelling throughout the ballpark. There was a guy. I think he passed away. If there's a, a Brewers hardo listening, they'll know who I'm talking about. He would do concessions at American Family Field, and you could hear him from one side of the park to the other because it's a small park. And he would always pedal lemonade, and his line was lemonade, lemonade, just like Grandma made. And he would, yet, like, you could hear this man in all corners of the park. He was a... That's good. It was an institution. So I think of him. I think he passed away. I feel bad for not remembering mm. or knowing. I have a tough story along those lines. There was a... Oh, okay. A famous, quickly turned infamous woman who was a concession lady at, at the Philly Stadium. When I would go to games when I was growing up, she would always do peanuts and the same way would always boisterously yell peanuts, and she became mm-hmm. somewhat of a celebrity. Turns out uh, she got she got arrested for some 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 hate speech stuff. So oh god, so that didn't last very long. But yeah, there's there's the one story I could share. Um, but 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 listen, we are seeing South Relix hitting dingers out there. Bryce Terang, apparently the Brewers are hot on are high on what he could do with his bat. I mean. It's a beautiful time, and I genuinely feel that they're getting looked over, I think, because of all of the crap with the promotions and Paige Sporanic and all the bad PR stuff, the burn stuff. But I look at this team and what it was last year, which was grossly inconsistent and failed in the bullpen most of anything, Mm -hmm. but also offensively. They couldn't get hits in key moments. They would go too cold. But but I look at the team, and I cannot help thinking that they got better from last year, aside from the bullpen, which is my one big question. If the bullpen can be top 10 in the league, then this is a surefire playoff team, I think. But mm-hmm. I the rotation excites me. I look yep. at the lineup with William Contreras and maybe a Jesse Winker bounce back and the young guys uh, it, with Mitchell in center field and maybe Terang if he makes it. Like, there's there's potential here. And they were, the, they were top 10-ish offense and baseball in terms of runs last year. I just, I, I'm starting to talk myself into them being quite good. Yeah. I think they are going to be a very solid team. It's just tough to weed through the perception of fans and this team right now. Cause there's been so many stories that oh, look at the dumb brewers doing dumb stuff, you know, amidst some of their PR misgivings the last year or two, they just make sharp moves. The type of moves that small town teams need to make. You know, flipping Colton Wong for someone a little younger, right? Or flipping Hunter Renfro, a little more, little younger, more team control. Right? They just do a good job of flipping players. Now, I, I think because they're a very transactional franchise, they can sometimes sour their players a little bit. That's the cost of that. But the rotation's only going to get better, I think. Freddie Peralta, hopefully healthy all of this year. Mm. That would make a huge difference. Adrian Hauser cannot possibly be as bad this year as he was last year. That makes me happy. Aaron yeah. Ashby, I'm still very high on. Well, Number one Aaron Ashby guy right here. Well, I like you- that as well. He's not going to pitch until May. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's an issue. Eh. That's an issue. They're going to get some weird contributions in April from the Brian Andersons of the world. They'll they'll hold the fort down until my guy Ashby's back. 
I think the team will be well equipped to win if we get as few Wade Miley and Jason Alexander starts as possible. You're still on the Jason Alexander thing, huh? We're he's back st- to this. We're back to ripping Jason Alexander. He's still on the team. It's not ripping well. Jason Alexander. It's just pointing out <laughs> that when he is consistently starting games and your offense sometimes struggles, even like like the Brewers schedule, I, I think this is the year that MLB goes to you play everybody and they cut down a couple division games, which sucks for the yeah. Brewers because the division stinks. Your your schedule, though, still in the grand scheme of things, is quite manageable because you play the Pirates and the Reds more than anybody. Yeah. Except for, obviously, the, the Cardinals and the Cubs. So, like, you're still playing those subpar teams. I just, yeah, health is a big thing. The depth in the rotation, I think, is a big thing. But I, I think this team could find a charge offensively. The problem is... Hey. Can you can you resign Willie Adamas? Like, can we get these guys actually locked up so they don't leave? That's my only big question, which is a big one. That's very fair. Willie Adamas is a bona fide star. We we've kind of gotten used to him. I, I don't think we always realize and appreciate exactly how great he is, especially you know hitting for power. You know, in clutch moments, is he Orlando Arcia? No, I mean probably not. Very few are, but he can hit for. A ton of power. I said that so convincingly. I see you on Skype. You didn't even react. That was an Orlando Arcia joke. Obviously, he was poor, and that's why they replaced him. That was nuts. But yes, Willie Adamas is a damn star, and it seems like extending him is probably not in the works and probably not realistic, which is a bummer. But while he's here, man, he's he's so good, and I think we've just gotten used to that. I don't think we appreciate that enough. So is do you think with how things are trending with Burns and Adamas, and maybe Woodruff, who knows when he comes due. Do you think this is like the last the last dance for this last Brewers dance. team as we see it? The last dance. One final pour. It could be. Think of what the- I don't want it to be. I, like, I, I would love the owner to actually pay his own players a lot of money to keep him. I think part of the way the Brewers operate is preventing a last dance, preventing a drop-off. Because they don't go all in on any particular year, but they're always going to, you know, cash in a couple of chips for next year and the year after. So I think with this current iteration of the team, yes, I I think this will be the last dance because I I have a hard time envisioning both Willie Thomas and Corbin Burns being on the team next year. But the Brewers operate in such a way where they'll make a trade or they'll roll something over to next year so they don't completely drop off a cliff. Yes, I agree with that. I Last dance, meaning the era of the Burns-Woodruff dominant rotation, yeah. and then the lineup you hope it does enough. I think they'll try to extend Burn, or uh, Woodruff. Oh, I, I I mean, both, please. Brewers. Burns, like, I get. You want to sign young. But Woodruff, Woodruff has been such a pillar of this team under Craig Council ever since they started contending in 2018. Woodruff has played so many roles. He's been there since the beginning. He had a home run off Clayton Kershaw, Ben. I do. He feels. I do remember. Oh, some technical difficulties that we'll we'll work through. Let's do this. We're we're overdue anyway. Let's step away, take a quick break. A lot more to come. We can continue the Brewers conversation. Where's the excitement coming from as they get going in spring training tomorrow? We could talk Packers as well. 877-867-1670. We'll get back to the phones when we come back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
and Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels on this Friday. Bill back on Monday to presumably react to whatever Rogers news drops next week. I'm off next week. I'm going uh, to great parts unknown, undisclosed locations. Oh. Uh, Grant, Grant will be here, but Grant, you do have coming up in a bit for the Wisco Sports Show four to six. Talking Brewers right now. You're going to spring training, taking the show on the road. We are taking the show on the road for the first time in the four going on five year history of the show where we're going somewhere big. We're going to talk with legit reporters and players, coaches. We've never done anything like this before. So it's very exciting. Looking forward to it. Yeah. March 13th through the 17th. So a full week. And I got my hands on some tickets for when the Bucks play the Suns that Tuesday oh. night in Phoenix. Oh, the Kevin and, Durant Suns. And the the... So the people who offered me tickets, it's someone who does spring training tours. It's called the Arizona Baseball Tours out of Rochester. They're on Twitter. And they're going to the game, and they said, you should come with us. We also have uh, courtside passes for shoot-around. So I'm going to get to go down, not on the court, but next to the court and watch shoot-around like a couple hours before the game, which I'm very excited for. Oh, it's it's the closest you're ever going to get to being a big J. Yeah. Your, yeah. your very minuscule J is going to grow in size, but it's still <laughs> lowercase. I told Zach when he was helping me with press credentials, I said, Zach, you know what this means? I'm basically a legit journalist now. Uh, I don't think he responded. <laughs> Did he But laugh? I'm sure he laughed. 877 <laughs> Our buddy Cone is here. What's up, buddy? Hey, gentlemen. Happy Friday. And there's got to be no better feeling than a Friday show leading into a week-long vacation. So I hope you enjoy that. And Grant, congratulations again on the trip down to spring training. Oh, thank you, Cole. Grant, the real question is, why aren't you bringing your listeners? That is a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I That's legit. Logistically speaking, I don't want to. And also, I don't want to entertain people for an entire week. That sounds like a nightmare, if I'll be honest. <laughs> it sounds like your job, frankly. Yeah, you no know? kidding. How dare. Uh, Cohen, what's on your mind, man? Uh, just a little bit about the Brewers. Um, a little worried about my guy, Keston Hira. He's been, you know, one of my favorite players. He's the only current Brewer jersey I own. But I really think he does not have a spot on this team when, you know, opening day starts. Because, you know, Winker is going to be taking up that DH spot. And you're not really going to be able to platoon those guys at DH because both of them really can't hit lefties. And then my next thought is I'm, I'm concerned about the right field position. Um, I do not want to see Tyrone Taylor starting every day in right field, nor do I trust uh, that new guy they signed, uh, Tyler Naquin, something like that. Yeah. Yep. So a little concerned about right field and definitely my boy, Kustin Hira. Yeah. The, I, I mean, the platoon stuff, I've, I've yet to find another right-handed hitter that is – so tough at, at hitting right at, at lefties, excuse me. You know what I mean? Where it's usually if you find a platoon with the double side, you get at least some sort of competency when your righty goes up against lefties. Yet I don't I don't think I can rely on Jesse Winker to be a, a fully productive player all season. Like there's no way it's only his job. I agree. And you know, Council is you know, throughout his tenure here, he does not do a great job of getting guys in the lineup consistently. And kind of when we saw that last year with Hira, he was performing and he was one of our better hitters for, you know, a few weeks when he was getting consistent mm-hmm. at bats. And 
I honestly don't want to see Hira go. I think he's still got a lot in the tank. That dude is just a natural hitter. He finds the barrel, puts it to the ball, and he can drive the ball. And that's what this team needs, some pop. And I'm just scared that the Brewers are going to let him go. He's a, hmm. a bat-on-ball kind of guy. I mean, yeah. the good news, I, I will, like if there is a scenario, let's say there's no Keston Hira. Let's say that is due to the fact that a guy like Bryce Terang is hitting the ball great. That's a good thing. You know, like the upsides of that aren't just the fact that Hira never figured it out. It's that there's another guy who's young, who's crushing it, that's up there. But is Terang going to be on the opening day roster? That's, that's I, I, I yeah, there is a so. service time thing there. But I, I, I he will be on the team this season. I'll say that. Agreed. And there is Agreed. a point where he's just hitting the ball so well that he has to move up. And I don't know if he will, but I don't know. I They are kind of deep there. I'll say that. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Right. My my big issue comes in the bullpen, which is kind of their own doing. But I think yes. they're they're somewhat well equipped to get through the season when it comes to position players. It's a question of whether the the top guys that you're actually paying the money to, like Yelich, can hit. And I guess Contreras as well. They're well equipped when it comes to the depth there. Defensively, I'm with you though on on Tyrone Taylor and Wright. And and Winker, I mean, they they brought him in to not play the field. I I do not want to yeah. see him out there at all under we, any circumstances. Yeah, I, I I'd be frustrated if we see Winker and right field uh, starting games. I mean, you have him and Yelich in your corner outfield. Ooh. That might be one of the worst corner outfield duos defensively <laughs> in the MLB. So so what? Ninety wins, Cone? What are we talking? Ninety two. I think like the 85 to 90 range is realistic. Right. Um, I think this division is going to be interesting. I, you know, I think obviously the Cardinals, they have two MVP candidates in their corner infield. Tough to beat that. And then honestly, the Cubs still, I think can be a competitive team. You know, they brought in some, you know, higher profile free agents. They signed Dansby so Swanson. Like good they, had, guy. They, they had the final pick. In, in the draft of which shortstop do you want to overpay? And they sign the guy that strikes out more than anybody in the world. Wow. Looks yeah, like a cub, I'll say. For, for me, Trey Turner would have been the right move for the Cubs to make. That guy, to me, screams ultimate Chicago Cub. So I, I, if I was a Cubs fan, I'd be a little disappointed in settling for Dansby Swanson. Yes, as well. Appreciate it, Cone. Have a good one, man. Thanks, yeah, thanks guys. Talk soon. Have a good weekend, guys. 877-867-1670. The division is going to be really interesting, Grant, because the Cardinals clearly have the horses offensively. I don't know what their rotation is. Yeah. I really Same problem don't. as last year, the year before. Right, and they patched it at the deadline, but can Quintana do what he did? Like, is Jordan Montgomery that guy? And then no. the Cubs have some promising players, but are they there yet? They're still doing the whole rebuild, and they tried to accelerate sometimes, it. Sometimes that's a good place to be. Like, you think you're a year or two away, but if some things start going correct and going right, then you got some good vibes, low expectations, you're overperforming. Like, I don't know. The Cubs might be able to catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle like that, kind of popping and having them success before it's expected. Sometimes that's a great place to be. Yeah, I think I would be really, really disappointed if the Brewers don't win the division. Whereas, yeah. let's say the Packers going into this year, I could see a scenario where they don't win the division. And I would be obviously crushed if it's with Rogers under center. But I like this is the Brewers' division to lose. 
Think I so? really think that. I think they have the team for it. I think they're better. Like pitching will get you there. Yeah, and they're the team with it. It's true. I don't know. I guess I can't argue with you. I, I can't. I can't. I, I just I, the vibes are so low with Brewers fans, and I guess we need to start pushing through that and actually looking at legit baseball stuff. Because you're right. Right. Well, the vibes are low because of all the off the field crap, which is not the fault of the players themselves. It's the fault no. of other things. But once they start playing the games, the only th- like the biggest thing that puts that all to the side is winning. Yeah. So if they start winning, winning here's all right. Then then we forget about Paige Sporanic and Bobblehead Knight well, and X Golf. How could anyone ever forget? Well, they'll promote it a lot going into it. <laughs> That's so. true. I don't know. I'm like I'm I'm high on this team. The the more I look at it, the more I think about what they were last year and what they lacked. If the bullpen on this team can come around and be good, at least somewhat dependable, maybe not crazy dominant, then I, I we're talking about a division winner. Then they get to the playoffs right. and and we'll see. You feel a lot better after this discussion. Plus, Mister, we have our guy Craig at the helm. Well, yeah. Craig's only one man. He's not a superhero. He's just the best manager in baseball. Even he has <laughs> limits. Yeah, everybody hates him because he takes pitchers out. But then oh my so, God. so often those pitchers end up actually pitching towards the end of the season, which is important. Incredible how that works. And it's, I, to defend him, it's hard to manage a bullpen when your owner and GM take away its best player. Thank you. Thank you. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. A lot more to come. Coming up at 1 o'clock. We got to get into the Russell Wilson discussion. Big article out in the athletic today. A lot of reaction to it about the dynamics of his time in Denver. And then when he left, why he left Seattle. That's coming up here in about eight minutes. A lot more to get to today. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. All right, welcome back in. Bill Michaels Show, Ben Kenny, Grant Bills with you. Coming up in about four to five minutes, big Russell Wilson story. How does it relate to Aaron Rodgers? We'll get into that uh, real quick, top of the hour coming up in a minute or two. Uh, I will say, Grant, what am I doing on this fine Friday? I'm sweating a, uh, a Nick Hardy making the cut at the Honda Classic. That's how I'm spending my Friday afternoon. Uh, for for those out there that have any inkling of care about golf, that's, what, that's where the interest just, is. I was just watching a clip of George's Niang on a Philly oh, station yes. talking about Ben Simmons. I saw that, but that's that's not our station. We're a we're a WIP group here, aren't we? We are. If we're, if we're okay, generally speaking. But yes, he said, uh, "quote Ben Simmons held us back." I think which, Ben Simmons kind of handicapped us. Ah, have that one saved away at all times. Yep. Listen, the NBA is getting interesting. Bucks back in action against the Heat. One back of the Celtics. The Ringer doesn't think they have a chance to win the title. Some some stupidity from there. The guys are coming back. We have Jay Crowder's debut. I think tonight. Let's the go. Ringer said yesterday that the Knicks have a better chance than the Suns to win the title. <laughs> I'm kind of out on the ringer right now. I'm with you there. Uh, Giannis, I, I think it's day-to-day. I don't know if he's playing tonight, but uh, we do get a Jay Crowder sighting. 
which should be exciting. Bucks against the Heat, 6.30 tonight. Get the weekend going. Got Badgers in Michigan coming up on Sunday, which might not go great, but we'll see. Expectations are low. Lot to come. All right, we're going to step away. Final hour, it's the Bill Michaels Show. That's coming up next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.